0: This is BetQL Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook with the Joes. Joe Ostrowski and Joe Gillio from BetQL.
1: Welcome back. It is BetQL Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook right here on the BetQL Network. Joe Gilio, Cody Decker with you this morning. Mike Valenti, won The Ticket will join the show. Coming up in about an hour, 11 o'clock hour, Seth Kalina of Pro Football Focus. A lot of college football with Seth. We'll dive into he uh, breaks down college football for Pro Football Focus. I'm excited for that conversation. Baseball talk to come, NFL futures, coaches, players. But, Cody, yesterday's always a fun day during the summer, right before football starts, where the AP Top 25 is released for college football.
0: Not a good day? No. No, it's not. It's not a good day. It's always a. It's a good day for everyone else. But as, as we talked about yesterday, I'm a UCLA Bruin. I I'm a Pac. Well, in my time, Pac-10 guy, but I'm a Pac-12 guy. I am so tired of the lack of love to anyone that is not on the from the middle of this country over to the West Coast. Just no love whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I'm scrolling through it right now, I, and and quickly, we'll give the top ten. Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, that's the top five. Texas A&M, Iowa State, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, North Carolina. Yeah, a conspicuous lack of uh, Pac-12 teams there, Cody, in the top Did 10.
0: Western Civilization never take place?
1: Well, I mean, they're not good football teams. Like, that's just the problem. Um, no, Oregon at number 11 is your top Pac-12 team. USC at 15. And then you got Washington, and what you got Utah in there, Arizona State. Well, you got five in the top twenty-five. You got to.
0: What do you want? It had to take all the way to double digits. I have to get a full playoff roster before I even get to my conference, which is not a small conference. And also, no, no love for Stanford this year, huh? I, I was expecting a little something for Stanford this year.
1: Yeah, so they're not in the top twenty-five. Pac-12 does get five teams in, and it's interesting. Just you know, there's a lot of different ways we could um, we could kind of talk through what we saw yesterday. But Brett Brett McMurphy, uh, you know, he's been on the show before. He's a great college football analyst and reporter. He now works for. Uh, the Action Network, he put out a couple of, of really interesting kind of nuggets and thoughts just about the top 25 and, and kind of how it's gone. So since 2004, every national champion was ranked among the AP Preseason Poll's top seven, except Auburn, 2010. They were mm-hmm. number 22. Florida State, 2013. They were number 11. But for the most part, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty long time, going like 2004 to 2020, but that's 17 champions, um, I guess, would be in there. Uh, and only two are ranked outside the top seven. So for the most part, the AP early season poll, they get it right. And for the most part, it's Alabama, it's Clemson, it's Ohio State. Like, we kind of know already who the team is. But it is interesting to look outside that top seven. Like, if it's going to happen this year, if, if there's a team that could surprise us. You know, we talked about Notre Dame yesterday. I don't think they're that kind of team this year. I do think Wisconsin and the Big Big Ten is interesting, that they maybe could get to a, a, a playoff. Uh, I actually even I'll throw this at you because you, I know you're a Pac-12 guy. I think Utah could be good. I think, you know, of all the teams in the Pac-12, I think Utah, their win total is eight and a half. I could see them going over like a team. Maybe it's not near the top, but all of a sudden they're knocking on that door to top 10 or the playoff by the time the season ends. It's, it's going to happen. Right? There's going to be a team that no one's talking about. And then it's like, are they going to make the playoff? It happens every year.
0: You know, I complain about the lack of love towards the Pac-12, and yes, I agree with you. I think somebody's going to come in, but I don't think it's going to be a Pac-12 team. The only Pac-12 team I can really see breaking through this year, and uh, I was a little surprised they were ranked as higher as Aaron is USC. Uh, USC has been a team that's just been improving drastically year in, year out. Uh, they're a team that I think is going to be... I wouldn't say they're going to be back to the Pete Carroll years in the next couple of years, but they're going to get pretty damn close. They're, they're a team that really, really intrigues me going forward.
1: Yeah, and they're... You know they're interesting for a couple reasons. One, they they have gotten better. They're like they're obviously a, a top twenty-five and and maybe top fifteen-ish team right now. But it always doesn't like. What's the feeling out where you are? Because every time we hear about USC, it's like if Clay Helton loses one game, he's out. It's like the coach is never on solid footing, even though they're improving. It does it feel like Clay Helton is always coaching for his job out there?
0: I feel like anyone that coaches at USC is always coaching for their job. It's You got to keep in mind, especially in Southern California, there was no NFL team here for as what 25 years so the fact that you have no nfl team here and you have a constant national championship team in usc during that time to fill that football void th- this city became football crazy but in usc colors this was all about usc out here so yeah the say that it's been a one-team town here in football for college football in los angeles I'm, that is not a small thing out here. That was the NFL here. So, yeah, I think anybody that is not winning at USC is constantly looking at their job possibly being removed from them.
1: Yeah, and, and the Helton thing we're going to follow all year because that's it's always one of them. Cody, the other side of this, you know, we're talking about these teams that could jump up, maybe outside the top 10 or top 25, get in there. There's always a team that is really highly ranked, and then they don't have as good of a season. I mean, I, I've seen this locally where I am with Penn State a few times. Penn State has come into the year top seven, top eight, and they've fallen in a of great seasons. A couple teams stand out to me, Cody, is they could go from top 10 right now to maybe by the time the season ends, they're not in the top 10. The first one is Notre Dame. Like, we, we talked about Notre Dame yesterday. Yeah. They're the kind of team where if they have one or two losses, they're going to get pumped up, right? Everyone's going to say, oh, Notre Dame, they're really, they're really that great. But if, once they lose a couple more, they'll be out of that top 10. Like, I, I would look at Notre Dame as a team That by the time the season ends, look about their tougher games this year. Cincinnati, another top 10 Mm -hmm. team. That's a tough game. Stanford late in the year, not an easy game. They've got some Wisconsin at Soldier Field. That's a really difficult game. If they lose three games, there's no way they're a top 10 team when the season ends. I, I could see them falling out without question and maybe going under their win total.
0: You know, you mentioned that, but those are the three games that are probably their top games. And they probably got another game against USC. They usually have a big game against USC every year. Um, but those games right there outside of that, it's not the most challenging schedule. So their RPI alone, I just don't think he's going to be enough for really to push them over the hump and they have to win that game against Wisconsin. If they lose that game, they're just absolutely out of it, period. In my eyes. Um, the other team that really comes to mind for me, that falling out of the top 10 UNC, I don't know what it is about that school. They're just not, they're never the team. They are just not the team. They are always always on the cusp, but they never break through, and I don't see it happening this year.
1: You know what? That's an interesting one because they are – people love them. Like Sam Howell, quarterback, they put up so – I think they scored like 45 points a game last year. Like they were an unbelievable offense, but like it's – it's. I think it's always easy to do it when no one sees it coming, and no one saw the Carolina offense coming like that last year. Now everyone knows. Like they're they're the hunted. They're a top-10 team. They're, they're in the hunt to be in the ACC title game. That's a good one. Let me throw one more at you. Top 10 team right now, AP number what, eight yesterday? Cincinnati. They're good. Um, Luke Fickle, the former Ohio State coach, is there. You know, Ohio State assistant coach is there as their head coach, building a good program. They're good. But they're over under win total this year. Cody is 10. They play Indiana, Big 10 team. They play Notre Dame, a Big 10 team. Like just, just on that alone, they play at Indiana and at Notre Dame. If they lose those games, they're not clear. They're going to clear 10 wins like that's that's really difficult. The over under for 10 means they have to win 11 games for you to win that. I would take the under on Cincinnati.
0: I would know that you meant that because, by the way, we talked a lot about Notre Dame yesterday. There is an absolute benefit to being in this independent team, picking and choosing your own schedule this way, not having the pitfalls of having a power conference where you're constantly playing top 10 teams within your own conference. But Cincinnati is just a team that's going to be a victim of their own happenstance and just their own existence and what league they're in, as opposed to where Notre Dame just picks and chooses where they go.
1: Yeah, and you look at that Cincinnati schedule, they have 12 games. The two road games at Indiana at Notre Dame. They have to win one and then win every other game to clear the, the 10 mark. That would be 11-1, and one, and that'd be great for them if they could do it. They're good. They're capable. They're a top-10 team, but that's a clear under. I could see them falling out of the top-10. The other thing that's interesting, Cody, is is you look and I was reading a story this morning on, you know, kind of the Heisman favorite for each top twenty five team, and you think about some of those guys because if you if you look down the market on Fanduel of of Heisman Trophy odds, you could find some forty to ones, fifty to ones, and their team's not ranked. You know, we talked about some quarterbacks yesterday. Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty, he's an interesting name. Casey Thompson, quarterback out of Texas. Texas barely made it in. I thought of him, but a couple guys that I was thinking of that you know. High he- every year. Like, we talked about Zach Wilson yesterday for BYU, right? Devontae Smith last year. I know he was at Alabama, but no one saw Devontae Smith, a wide receiver, coming to go win the Heisman Trophy. A couple names I thought of that, you know, their odds are pretty low right now, but they could be in the Heisman next when the season ends. Malik Wills, Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty, 50-1. to 1. Everyone seems to love that kid. Florida State quarterback, Mackenzie Milton, a-, a transfer. He's going to be their quarterback this year. Like, if a Florida State quarterback is good, He'll get he'll get hype. There's no question about that.
0: Every single time. You don't even need to be that good of a quarterback at, at that school, and you will get as much hype as possible. Here's the question, though, and this is a question I actually posed to you. You know how every year we have, our course, our Heisman favorites, but we talked about yesterday that players often come out of absolutely nowhere. A player that was a backup quarterback at Alabama that transferred to Ohio State and gets an opportunity, all of a sudden he's at the top tier. What is the week? that we look at in the college season, where we start to really start to pick out who the diamonds in the rough are that will all of a sudden be in the top running for the Heisman.
1: That's a great question. So, so I always think the first week, Now it depends, right? So some teams schedule really good games that first week. There's like three or four prime time, awesome games, cross conference or whatever. That's a big tipping point. Cause it's like, all right, they, they're already on national TV and everyone's watching them. But like for a lot of these teams, they don't play anyone that first week. So it's like, you know, running back x from whatever school might run for 400 yards against you know who cares right a school that we never heard of like how much does that really matter here's what sticks out to me cody when it comes to heisman stuff and and when you start jumping in and, and thinking about it like i remember when joe burrow started to play well that for that year at lsu it was like after two or three weeks you're we like man this guy's completing like 80 percent of his passes this guy hasn't thrown right an interception yet. Like what's happening here. We, you, it's almost like you can't ignore it. So I would say two or three weeks in, if, if a guy's putting up monster stats, it's probably going to stick and it's not going to stop all of a sudden. But I would say for some of these guys that are like, I don't know, 50 to one, 100 to one in the, uh, the odds, you could probably wait a week or two because I don't think the odds are going to jump really change that much. You know, if a guy was like a hundred to one, he has one big game. The market's not going to just flip. He's not going to become the favorite. So you could kind of wait, see what he does. But man, if you if you could pick out the Burrow of this year or the Zach Wilson, you might be able to find a hundred to one value. It's it's incredible how you know no one sees these guys coming, and then by the time we get to December, it's like oh yeah, of course Joe Burrow's winning the Heisman Trophy. He's Joe Burrow.
0: Yeah, it's just it's one of those things that. I, I find it talking about, not talking about, but even putting, placing bets this early on Heisman futures is just so lofty because we just don't know what the field is going to be in five weeks.
1: Yeah. And if, and I feel like if you're going to do it right now today, you're probably just doing it on an Alabama player, right? You're just doing mm-hmm. it on a team or a Clemson player, a guy you know is going to be on one of the best teams. It really, you're not getting great odds, but is it ever dumb to put uh, the quarterback of Alabama or the quarterback of, of Clemson as, as a potential Heisman winner. Like, they're going to be on an undefeated team or something close to it. Spencer Rattler, same thing, the Oklahoma quarterback. Like, those guys are going to be the best players on undefeated teams. Pretty good chance they're going to be in the Heisman Trophy mix.
0: Pretty sure whatever four teams are going to be in that playoff, there's going to be, you know, two of the three finalists will be in that playoff.
1: Let me ask you this, because we, we I don't think you and I touched on it since uh, all the news came out when we worked together. Do do you like the idea of the college football playoff expanding in a couple of years? Because we're we're going we're coming down the end of the of the four teams. It's only going to last for a couple more years, and all of a sudden it's going to be like there's all these teams which will change. I think that will change the Heisman market because it's almost like the MVP in, in all these sports, right? The more teams that make the playoffs, the more guys you could say, well, maybe he's the MVP. He dragged his team to the playoffs. So I think it changes the Heisman stuff. It, it changes a lot about how we bet this stuff. Do you, do you like the expansion playoffs coming?
0: Yes I do. However, I'm confused on how it's going to ever be pulled off. And and because they have they've settled on a number is my question on how many teams will be in this playoff. Cuz I've heard numbers that have been extraordinary like somebody saying, "Oh, yeah, they should do it like the College World Series, 64 teams." Well, how long are these playoffs going to be? Are we are we talking a three month playoffs? Because that's what we're going to have with a football game. Baseball you can play every single day. Football these guys need a week off so they can you know recover from the car wreck they just put their bodies through. So it's a question of how can they logistically do this? Because we're in the NFL you got thirty teams in college football, well you got two hundred Division One teams that you're, are eligible for the playoffs. This is not exactly an easy thing to just put together.
1: No, which is why it's it's going to take time, right? That's why it's not like, we'll just put it in this year. Like, they got to figure out the logistics. So I think it's going to end up being 12. Like, that's what they've been talking about and trying to settle and, and figure out how they're going to work the bowls and whatever. The, the funniest part of all this is, no matter what the number is, when it when it used to just be the voting with AP, then it became the BCS, and then it became the 14th playoff and the playoff committee. Now it'll be twelve, Cody, it doesn't matter. People are going to argue no matter what. Like, the, the team that is the 13th in the twelve team playoff their their fan base will be upset the team that is fifth right now in the 14 playoff their fan base upset the team that used to be third when it just was the bcs and the the formula they were upset it doesn't matter like this whole thing creates just excitement and, and reaction all the time like that's what always happens
0: Yes, and of course, if you're a fan of the Pac-12 like I am, you're going to be upset because yes, there will be no playoff for you. Just like there is never a playoff for you. It's 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 a tragic existence. I'm a Raider fan and a Pac-12 fan. Like football just doesn't exist to me. Yeah,
1: I feel bad for you. That's a tough way to go through fall- the fall.
0: It's brutal, man. It's brutal. I get really into winter league baseball.
1: Yeah, I. You know what? I would too if I was you. All right. Speaking of baseball, we'll get into a lot of baseball, and I and we're getting we're getting word here that an ex-baseball player turned something else. Maybe he's an ex-football player turned baseball player or something. He may be on the way out of his uh, his current job. We'll hit on that. Some breaking news we'll touch on on Beck UL Daily, and we'll break down tonight's MLB card, the show home run frost we'll get into. we got to get your vote on those and the award races. Could the Padres miss the playoffs? We'll get to the updated wild card standings and tonight's games. That's all coming up. This is Beck UL Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook right here on the Beck UL network.